It's time for the latest delivering marketing joy. This time I get to talk with Tim Brown from QCA and he tells us how to take safety to the next level. Hey there, and welcome to another edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. I am your host, Kirby Hossman, and joining me today is a repeat guest. He's kind enough to join me again, Tim Brown, the Executive Director of QCA. Tim, thanks so much for joining me, man. Hey, Kirby, I really appreciate, appreciate being on the show. I think this is my third time now. That so is amazing. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's great. It's been a while, and uh, I'm just thrilled to be back, and thanks for having me. I'm honored. Absolutely. And it's it's important uh, that we're having this conversation because there's some new things happening and I wanted to dig into that. So QCA is launching a new program. You kind of let me know about this, that it's a new program for distributors. So it's brand new. So let's just go 10,000 feet. I mean, tell us about the program and, and why now? Uh, and uh, we're excited to talk about this. Something uh, our board of directors and people involved in QCA already are just thrilled about. Uh, and so I'll get into the why now, but yep. just I need to probably set a little bit of the background here yeah, first. So sure. in January, we announced uh, right before Expo uh, a new participation model. And, and in that model, it included uh, a new tiered fee structure. Okay. Uh, we added a level actually for end buyers to, mm -hmm. to participate in QCA. Now, not at any certification level or anything like that, but it's really a way that they can support our mission mm -hmm. because our mission really uh, impacts them more than anybody else. And we finally just got our first F1000 client on or participant on board with that. Not client, forgive my language, but yeah. first participant on board and um, I we're really excited about that as well so um, we anticipate many more but we mentioned at that time that a certification was coming okay and and uh, we just we weren't fully ready but we had these other things we wanted to launch and get out to the industry and we wanted to build the momentum and so we opted to just get it all out there then and say hey to be determined on the launch date of the certification sure. and so uh, Caused a lot of buzz. I, my, the last several months, I've seen more activity with people reaching out to us, inquiring about what we're doing than at any time. And many have asked about the certification and when it's going to actually take effect. And so in that time between then and now, you know, we followed up with a new logo. We have a new brand uh, look, color scheme all together. We, we, we launched a new website. Uh, we have a new database for managing our, our participants. Uh, you know, it's kind of a member uh, association management software program of sorts, mm -hmm. which will help us to market better and, 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 and control things better on our end and be more efficient. So it's really been an exciting time. We've had a ton going on and it all kind of com culminates now with this, with this certification. And so this really, uh, this is something that's been asked for since mm. the, QCA started and it's it's for it's a certification for industry distributors and decorators even uh, that that um, like I said was part of the new model and just wasn't ready and now here it is so yeah. it really um, you know the, the the changes to the model yeah the fees certification and buyer involvement all that stuff uh, it was a result of the board's desire to be more engaging and inclusive throughout the industry you know. Right. One of the knocks against us was that there was this perception out there that it was a club mentality or a exclusivity. 
And, and the fees at the time would probably make people think that right. um, they were necessary. Uh, but now it's distributors, decorators, suppliers, and buyers, um, all this coming together. And, and it's really been the result of feedback from the industry. Yeah. You know, when I was on the distributor side, I was a big proponent of QCA, but I wanted to be certified myself. I know what we were doing and I know that we could do better. So I wanted the support of an organization to help me take it to a, even another level. But then I wanted, I wanted something tangible to show for that because right. I knew it gave me a competitive advantage. Uh, and so, yeah, distributors, like I said, they've been asking for this uh, since QCA began and buyers, when I go out to shows and I talk to them, they want they want their vendors certified. They don't right. want to know their vendors are buying from certified companies only. Right. They want something from them. So it only makes sense. It just it took our organization some time to mature. Yeah, for sure. And and now we're there. You know, we we've matured to that point and we're making the changes. And so uh, that's that's why now. Yeah. And then I'll just give you a little background on on the uh, uh, the how it is and so you, it consists of like i said the four categories we yep. got that m buyer affiliate we're continuing with our distributor advocates so these are distributors that can um basically they complete an application that that we verify some information in and ask for proof that they have a brand safety culture okay they compliance is important to them that they want to be brand stewards and they want to affiliate and show support for an organization and be associated with us and so that's there. We've just, that's always been there, but we've, we've modified it now. Right, right. Um, and now smaller distributors can afford to be a part of it. Uh, yeah, and we've had a couple smaller distributors join. Yeah, I love the idea that it's evolved because of <laughs> feedback from the industry too. That's, that, it, it, well, and from end buyers. That's, that's super interesting to me. Well, and that's just it. I think we needed to listen. And that was, when, since I've come on board, we've made a conscientious effort or a conscious effort to to really listen to what people in the industry believe we are yeah what they believe we should be what they want from us what they expect from us and and this is really the culmination of that and so it's really that feedback and then that had a lot to do with this certification mm. and so that's the, the third level and then of course our, our accredited supplier so the inclusion though of the indirect and buyer engagement. I mean, that's that's pretty cool too. And you know, it's going to allow you know, our brand safety aware organizations outside our industry um, of all sizes to really public publicly communicate their their expectations of our industry. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really excited. Like I said about the one that that came on, I'd encourage people to your listeners to check out our website and see who that is. Yeah. And and they're going to actually these these companies as they join, they're going to be participating in a roundtable. And that roundtable is designed to help guide this organization in meeting the needs of the the brands, the ones we serve. And so, um, like I said I encourage them to to listen to that. And then, uh, you had a question? Yeah, no, I was just going to say. So, like, you've, you've, you've got me intrigued. And so, like, let's say, like, I I am learning about this. So, what what do I need to do? What does a distributor need to do to get involved? And like, do they just go to your website? What's what's the next step? They will go to our website. Okay. Um, you know, so the to, to, to start that off, it really it's it's designed with the distributor decorator needs in mind. So they start with a um, a complete self assessment, okay. and then that includes a, a, a gap analysis. We identify process and procedure voids. Um, it requires 
supporting documentations. Where are you now? What do we got to do to get you where you need to be? Hmm. Uh, we have a compliance committee that reviews that, no different than what we, we have with our, our suppliers for the accreditation. And then from there, we'll build upon that self-assessment and, and, and develop a comprehensive compliance program for hmm. procedures and protocols. Upon completion of that, um, then there's a series of audits. We have outside firms, uh, UL and Bureau Veritas are authorized to do our audits. They would come in, do the audits of the company's headquarters. And then uh, just like our accreditation program, it's a renewal every couple of years. And so that's how that, that, that process would okay. flow. And really it's a matter of reaching out to me. You can email me, you can call me, you can go on our website uh, and apply. And um, uh, to to get started, and that's how they can do it. That's cool. That's cool. So I'm curious to know. I mean, and obviously you've done this from feedback, right? Like, and I right. like I said, I love that. But what do you think? Obviously, you believe this is um, powerful for the industry. So what do you think this new certification means from an industry standpoint? Boy, that's a there's a lot there. Yeah. <laughs> it might take me a while to get through it, and I'm a talker to begin with. Um, really, any any distributor right now could say they use QCA suppliers. Okay. Um, and end buyers and RFIs, RFPs, RFQs are increasingly asking for verification of compliance or asking for certifications. And so while it's great, we encourage more distributors to use the accredited suppliers, right. and we appreciate them for doing that. This and they can also say we have a compliance program, but now this provides proof. Yeah. And so that proof is beyond education. It's somebody else coming in independently and evaluating what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and that carries a lot of weight. To me, this is a game changer. It's a strategic competitive advantage for industry companies that, that take advantage of it and want to work with larger clients. You know, it allows a distributor or decorator you really to take the next steps towards greater, more lucrative business mm. opportunities. Um, it's because they not only understand it, but now they're going to have the, the, the proof behind it. Right. And, and I really want this is where I, I'm worried about digressing, but I think it's important. You know, there was a recent ASI study in the uh, that, that just went out. I don't know if you saw it in the uh, um, uh, state of the industry. Um, mm. the, Met counselor that just went out, and there's really some alarming statistics in there. Okay. And really, what alarms me is the lack of effort and resources, really being put into compliance by industry suppliers. And 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 this is something that I've believed all along was happening, but now there's numbers behind it. Mm -hmm. And in 2018, so I, I I've got this, and I'm going to be reading yeah, that's no, right good. 2018, 30 percent of industry suppliers spent zero, zero dollars on safety and compliance measures. Hmm. Wow. Now let's go to 17% of industry suppliers spent $1,000 or less. Jeez. One product safety test that your client demands could be $1,000. Right. Maybe it could be two, two tests, you know? Yeah. 25% uh, of industry suppliers spent 1,000 to 5,000. Okay. That really, that, that's some testing maybe, it could be some education, it might be a few hours with a consultant, it surely isn't a compliance program. <laughs> um, and then 14% of industry suppliers spent 5,000 to 25,000. So this this is really, you know, this is at least as investments being made and you're taking it seriously. But when I was on the distributor side, that kind of money wouldn't give me the confidence to work with that supplier. Mm. Um, 
Now, 14% are spending 25,000 plus. In that same article, Hit, who was interviewed, was spending over a million. Wow. That, when you look at the sheer number of products like an organization like, like Hit Harry's and what they're doing from testing, and this isn't just product safety testing. Right. They're, they're social compliance. They're going, who's making my products? Is it ethical? Are, are people being treated right? They're, you know, they're auditing factories. You're, you know, they're, they're checking their whole supply chain security. They're working on environmental stewardship measure, measures to make sure that they're, they're, they're producing in a way that's not polluting. Um, and that's respecting the environment and, you know, the, 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 the different qual- product quality tests. And so that's a true robust compliance program. That is what QCA suppliers go through. That doesn't mean everybody spends a million dollars. Plus, a smaller supplier in, 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 that's accredited by us is not spending near that kind of money, but they're surely spending overall more than 25000 because they're they believe in it and it's they're getting ROI because it's opening doors. And so... It really puts the onus on the distributors now, and that's how it's going to impact the industry. They can't really, in my mind, rely on suppliers in the industry to, mm. to address compliance on their own. They have to demand it. And with the certification, now distributors of all sizes are going to collectively have the tools, the guidance, and the voice behind them to, to hold suppliers more accountable. Mm. Uh, in my mind, that lends credibility to our industry. Yeah. Uh, an industry that when I'm out talking to end buyers gets little respect. Mm. Oh, chockies, throw away, trinkets and trash, all words that just go right through me. Yeah. Um, and then I have to explain to them and ask them questions about how they use it. You know, they're, the end buyers are just as much at fault for, for some of this. Give me the cheapest thing I can get. Right. And I have to ask them, what's your brand mean to you? Yeah. You want that thing to walk off the board? You, you talk about this all the time, so I don't need to go into all that, but this is another thing. Now when you get them beyond throwing the product away because it's a, it, 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 it's something useful and it makes sense and it's not cheaply made, it, but all of a sudden it doesn't comply or it's found, let's take the Spice Girls shirts earlier in the year, yeah. that you know, um, were a cause, a cause-related item to promote you know, uh, gender equality and, and promote women's rights and, and to say, you know, all for the right things. And here they find it's being made in a factory that is abusing women and not paying them fairly. And so it's not just product safety. It's so much to compliance. And so that's why, to me, this really, this is what it means for the industry. It's gaining respect. And so any certification, whether it's an individual, uh, an organization, it carries weight. Mm. And the end buyers want proof. That, that their vendors are doing things, and this allows that. You know, let's take whether it's the product safety aware designation, the TAS, CAS, MAS, or the BASI, MASI. People that have that stuff are proud to promote it. They're all education based. Mm. When you can promote something that is tangible, that you can take and physically say, we've been held up under scrutiny and we've passed the sniff test. That's a differentiator. Yeah. That, that to me is a huge differentiator. And small suppliers, medium supplier size uh, suppliers have that with accreditation. Same goes now for all size of distributors are going to have the certification to go through. Um, and so it's substantial. It's tangible. And it's beyond self-attestations. Mm, wow. Everybody is talking about it now. 
because of the great education that's going on in the industry related to this, people are talking the talk, but and they're making all these broad claims and self-attestations, but then the numbers bear out, we're spending 1000 to $5,000 a year on compliance. Right. Then you have the ones who, uh, uh, I'll get on my soapbox in a minute, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm going, but I think it, I'm trying to make a point. Let's, let's say, look at the industry events, the number of people who attend, sponsor, uh, all the industry events. And, and, and I, I believe in these events. I've sponsored them, I've exhibited them, I've attended them for years, and I wish I could attend more. And so I'm a, I'm a supporter, and what I'm about to say needs to be right, placed in the right context. I'm not saying don't put your money there, and I'm not saying don't, don't support those. I, I would encourage everybody to do a better job of attending these events and being engaged and helping support our trade association and others within the industry that put on these events. But let's say it costs an average of $1,500 to $2,000 to register. Mm-hmm. Then you pay a week at a hotel. Usually the hotel is a nice hotel if you want to stay where everybody is and network. So let's just say that's $1,000 for the week, which is generally going to be on the, the low side mm-hmm. uh, if you're at, a, uh, at one of these events. And then you've got air, car, Uber, um, however you travel, and any other incidentals. And let's just average that out. It's $5,000 per person to go to one of these events. Right. You haven't even sponsored yet. You're just attending. Then I see some of these companies that send two, three, four people to that event. Now, let's say that a distributor decides they're going to sponsor the event, and it costs five or $10,000 to sponsor their clients aren't the clients of that event. Right. So you're sponsoring it, and it's great. That's what I'm saying. Continue to support it. Um, but 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 you've got the investment of your people being there. You've got this these sponsorship fees. And from a strategic standpoint, investing, wouldn't it make sense to move some of those dollars or think about how you can spend the same amount of money finding somewhere in your coffers? Invest in compliance because in return, provide a greater rate of return right. in business and provide safeguards for your business and your client's business. It really comes down to a matter of priorities. And I talked to some of these companies um, that have said, while I'm looking at two or three of them at an event, saying, wow, we just really can't afford to go through that. Right, right. What, where are your priorities? So with the way we've restructured these fees, with the way that we're, we're doing this and hopefully being able to reach more companies of all sizes, this to me is a game changer for the industry. It really, at least the leaders in the industry and those that are serious about it and are, and are gonna do more than talk. So, um, you know, it's the, that's really kind of, kind of where we're at. That's cool. what it, where, where we're at. We wanna, we want to protect and grow this industry and support what our trade association is doing. Well, that's cool. Congratulations, Tim. I know this is a big deal uh, for you and the organization and the industry. So congrats on this. And you've answered my three questions. I give everybody a chance to ask me one question. Do you have one for me? Yes, I do. And this one, um, you know, recently, you know, you've talked to some, uh, you've, with what you do, you put yourself out there. Mm. And with that comes risk and reward. And no different than some of the stuff I'm talking about. There's risk and reward with all of this. But 
uh, I, I recently listened, and it was actually, I said recently, a few months ago, you, you did a, something about where you were receiving some industry criticism sure. that maybe it was ego or, or self-promotion with all this stuff you're putting out there and, and constantly being in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I hear somebody, I, I watched an interview of yours where somebody the level of a Seth Godin, a marketing guru, is like, people like Kirby Hossaman inspire me. And so you, you've got these two levels of human nature and where all this goes. And, and from my standpoint, you and your peers in the industry that are doing these types of things, you're creating conversation that otherwise wouldn't take place. You're putting it in an atmosphere where it's, it's, it's casual and, and anybody can pick up something. Uh, and it's so valuable to this industry. How do you... And, and, and this is more almost for advice for people like me and, and, and others out in the industry that may be thinking of starting a podcast or doing more to promote. How do you manage that? How do you say, because we focus on the negative, right? Right. And, and so that's got to get you down and think, wow, is this really worth it? Am I that egotistical? But then when you look at a Seth, go, this makes so much sense. And yes, and that, and that props you up. How do you, Kirby Hossaman, cut through all the noise <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing and bringing such an awesome program to all of us. Wow. Well, thank you. First of all, that was super nice of you. Um, yeah, it was pretty crazy when Seth said that. And then, um, but yeah, I think a couple things. Number one, one of the things I talk a lot about, Tim, is that I, we all have that voice in our head that is um, telling us that we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, and doggone it, people don't actually like us. Um, and it's, it's, I think it's important to say that because I think. Um, I think people who are not putting themselves out there think that they're the only ones that have that voice. What I'll tell you is, you know, we all have those insecurities. We have that, that voice in our head that, that says that, and all of us have to overcome it. Um, and number two, I think really the advice I'd give is just try to, um, spend time providing value, whatever that value is to whoever the proposed audience is. I think that's the piece that I keep coming back to is, you know, when you get the, the, the part that you're, um, maybe you're being narcissistic or, or uh, self-promotion at the end of the day, if I feel like my intent is right, that I'm trying okay. to provide value, then I only, I know that. Right. And so, um, I think as long as I'm, my intent is right and I'm truly trying to provide value and give, give first, as I like to say, then, you know, I, I think it's about, uh, trying to overcome those haters uh, to a degree. Um, as a side note, I asked Seth Godin one time, how do you deal with haters? And his comment was, if the haters aren't showing up, you aren't pushing hard enough. And I thought Very that true. was really, really good advice, and it helps me in those moments when uh, the, the negative voices show up. So I appreciate your kind words, but uh, I think that's give value first. Do that, and then good things will happen. But I think it, 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 two things, intent mm-hmm. and value. Yeah. Um, I think I, I get that from what you're doing, and, and, and I think that is so critical. Mm-hmm. And then, like Seth said, and we hear it all the time, haters going to hate. <laughs> And um, we just got it. You know, it's part of it. Yeah. And I, I love that. That, And I've heard it before, but I need to be reminded of it. Totally. If you don't have, if somebody's not mad at you or <laughs> criticizing you, you're not pushing hard enough. I think that's great advice and I really appreciate it. Great cool. answer. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Tim. We'll have to do it again sometime. And uh, that was fun. Okay. 
Looking forward to it. Thanks again for having me. Appreciate it. You have a great one. Okay. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We'll see you next time.